0: Everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. This is season four, and we are kicking off the new year, right? I'm joined by the powerful JT from Play on Tabletop. Thank you very hey much everybody. for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so, we're going to be having an exciting episode, actually. It's going to be talking about GamesCon 2024, uh, which we're going to be uh, helping Play on Tabletop with some terrain uh, with their narrative. That's going to be happening in June. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, uh, just we usually open up with a little bit of uh, hobby progress. Um, JT, I'll put you on the spot first as the guest.
1: What have you been working on the last week or the last little while? Uh, Christmas is always tough over December to try to find time to work on stuff. Um, right now, I've got my Votan on the table. Um, I'm waiting for some custom head bits to come in to make my... My judge cadets, the Judgment Corps, will see the table this year. They're all judge, De- all judge dread themed votans, awesome. so they're gonna they're gonna make it on the table this year. I hope. Um, and then I've got because I got the Christmas box and that thing. That's just a killer deal. Like that was just such a cool thing. So that's working. And then I've got my Eldar are needing some love and, and tenderness because they don't travel very well, them spiky little boys. So they're mm-hmm. they're being worked on as well. And then it's a bit of a gut of my hobby room. Um, I've got so much stuff that that it just gets to a point where you're like, okay, I I got to pare this down. I got to Marie Kondo this stuff, but I don't give it away. I don't throw it away. I put it in the room that nobody knows about. The
0: secret room. <laughs> the secret room.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but primarily, right now, it's it's getting my Votan ready, and I've got a couple of tournaments over the next few weeks uh, before we hit GameCon. Um, through March and then wet coast is Easter. So I'll have to have my, depending on what codex is and what FAQs drop. I mean, things are going to change. So making sure I'm ready for all possible, uh, eventualities, but that's, that's what's on my table at the moment.
0: That's awesome. Sounds quite, uh, quite busy for sure.
1: Oh yeah. But you know, it's, it's, they wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> it's, it, it seems to be the way,
0: uh, for hobbyists, right? There's always multiple pokers in the fire, uh, yep. like our, ourselves here included, Uh, recently I got my hobby room put back together Uh, some of the listeners from last season I was telling them my stories of woe and I had a green screening behind me uh, just because everything was under construction and stripped out Um, so it was nice to put the hobby room back Uh, it was nice to get all my pictures and artwork hung up on the wall Uh, lately I've just been actually airbrushing a ton of my space Marines we have our uh, Betab 2.0 relaunch of the campaign we're doing a local league for Betab war and we've got, I think, uh, 18 or 20 players signed up for it. And everyone's going to be rocking oh, wow. out different chapters. Uh, so it's been nice. I've been cranking through my executioners, trying to get them all ready to go. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to throwing them on the table. Uh, I, I do have a Jukari army on ice right now. I was kind of waiting to see what the balance uh, data slate update was going to be like. Things a little.
1: Things a little right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's just,
0: I'm fine with them kind of being on the, on the back burner for now while I work on power armor. It's... Uh, it's definitely a lot nicer than all the little spindly bits, so...
1: Yeah, I, I have still permanent injuries under fingernails from all my spiky jukari. They they, and they don't travel well, that's the problem, is no, they, they really don't. don't travel well. Even with magnets, they still don't travel very well.
0: No, no, it's just very fragile, which... Yeah, I, I uh, appreciate power armor because it's very robust in game and also in model form, so...
1: Uh, exactly. That's that why I I'm like. loving the Votan. I don't care if I drop them. They're so small, it doesn't matter. They can't achieve any kind of acceleration. They're too yeah. small. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I guess, so, GamesCon 2024, uh, we're actually going to be helping you guys out with terrain and um, working with you for the narrative. I guess, what can we tell the listeners uh, about the event?
1: Um. Well, it's in June. Does that help? (laughs) It does, yes. Um, First off, thank you so much for all the help with the terrain. It literally doesn't happen if we don't have somebody local to help out. Even if it were in Vancouver, it would be incredibly difficult for us to move everything from our studio and bring that to wherever we need to be. We will be bringing some stuff with us, some iconic pieces from some of our narrative pieces in 40K and 40 Minutes. Um, But without local support, it just doesn't happen. So um, big, big shout out to you guys and the guys at Red Claw um, for all the assistance that, that you guys are bringing. Because like I said, it wouldn't happen without it. You know, We love the fact that local gamers and local communities can be involved in this kind of stuff. That's sort of why we did this. We wanted to bring the energy that we bring to our locals, to the world. And the fact that, we know, with Ogres did last year in Calgary and made that event fantastic, and with Red Claw and yourself, Bill, this year, we're just looking to make this an experience that people are going to walk away from going, man, I want to do that again. We're definitely not on the scale that Games Workshop and the Grand Narrative is. However, we have insights into the Grand Narrative and how it works, so we can steal some tricks, I mean, borrow some ideas (laughs) from them, to to help make everybody's experience and everybody feel like they're contributing to the actual event and that's sort of the goal we want everybody to be a part of it and in that weekend make this microcosm of a community that everybody feels like they are taking part and and it's it's super fun and that's our overarching goal for for what this is nick has come up with some pretty cool concepts and a whole entire solar system this time instead of a single planet. Oh that's uh, awesome. because of course we've doubled the number of players that we did last year. I think last year we were I wanna say it was twenty five tables for fifty players, and I think we've got space for a hundred this year.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be killer. So,
1: that's going to be fantastic. There's going to be multiple teams. Your team might switch. You might. Last year we had a trader. Everything it was sort of a chaos with Xenos and you weren't sure who you're working for. And each team actually had a trader who was actively working for the other side. So when they submitted their scores, we'd switch them. Oh, because awesome. they're helping the other guys. So they were winning games, but it was actually helping their team, even though the other. Th- it was really a lot of fun. And we had an Alpha Legion trader in each team i was so, gonna
0: ask yeah it sounds sounds like elf legion to me for sure
1: oh for sure we walked around the entire weekend talking about i am alfarious and every time we would address the crowd it was so nick's alfarious and i just wanted to mention and it was like people what <laughs> and it was it was so much fun to, to kind of mess with people but in a fun way yeah because um, a lot of times narrative stuff can get really one-sided really quick if you're not paying attention so that's our goal. Narrative fun focused, uh, everybody involved and in making this just sort of an event. You know, not it's not a tournament. So if you're coming to think, oh, I'm going to smash my opponents, wrong event. Nope, no, this is about. This is about fun, fluffy lists. This is about some silliness. This is about, hey, I haven't got to play this unit forever, so I'm going to bring it. And that's the kind of stuff that we're looking for.
0: That's always nice. It, it, it's always, I always appreciate... Being able to, you know, play and even take part in any or host narrative style games or events. Um, It it takes the seriousness out of it where you can have more fun. Um, Coming off like a decade of playing Horus Heresy where we were playing really hard and then we started to kind of really lean more into narrative stuff. And it, it, it was just was refreshing and felt just more relaxed as an atmosphere to play.
1: Yeah, there's there's always it's always the energy you bring to the table. Um and what are the goals at at play on we always try to make sure that our opponent is having the best possible game that they can have. Especially when it's a guest, you've got lights, you've got cameras, you've got people standing around in the background, you've got things going on. It can get very overwhelming, but as long as at the table we're trying to make sure that our opponent is having the best possible game they have, and if you carry that to your local or to a pickup game, make sure that your opponent is having the best game that they can, that means that you're going to have the best game you can, and that just makes the game better
0: absolutely I hundred percent agree we've we've talked about it before uh, on previous episodes with this whole you're essentially coming in with a social contract when you're coming to play anybody uh, especially at a tournament like you kind of know what you're at for but even when you're going for these narrative events and that's the thing and, and a thing that we've really tried to hammer the point is like be the player and the hobbyist that you wish you met when you first started
1: yeah that's so, a great line right? so you can that, really, that really is
0: you can really try and uh, be that leading example in the community in your local or even abroad of this is what I think like an actual tabletop gamer is and, you know, be approachable, paint well, have fun playing. Uh, if, you know, if if you have to play hard, play hard. If you're going to play for fun, play for fun, but really just be the best example of a gamer you can be.
1: Yeah. And, and kind of play to the level of what your opponent is bringing. Um, yeah. Painting is always one of those things that is so super subjective. What somebody's concept of art is and somebody else's cannot necessarily jive, but at least show up with painted models. And I'm sure people are going to hate me saying that, but it, it really is incredibly simple now with the contrast speed paints that everybody is making. The sketch and glaze concept, the slap chop method, slap whatever chop, you want yep. to call it. You can put paint on your models. Does it look perfect? No. But what it does is it increases that level of immersion you know, let's face it, we're grown men and women playing with space Barbies. Yeah. That's, it's space G.I. Joes, space Barbies, whatever you want to call it, that's what it is. And at its very core, everything we add on top of that, it's literally, literally we're playing with toy soldiers. And this is a hobby that has been around for thousands of years. I mean, literally chess is playing with toy soldiers. Yeah. So there's something to be said about, spending the time and effort to make it look cool. Oh, these guys are this squad from this comic book, or from this novel, and then it's like, this guy really, this this person loves what they're playing, and it just brings you into it more. So yeah, be the person you wish that, I love that, be the person that you wish you'd met when you started the hobby. That's great.
0: Yeah, and that, that's always a nice thing too, especially with the painting, is um, I, I, a mantra that I've often started to follow, I heard it years ago, but it was Finished, not perfect. So it doesn't matter like where you are in your painting ability. Is if it's finished and you're happy with it, that's all that matters. Um, because again, like you said, it is subjective, and what's cool to you may not be to me. But we can appreciate at least the effort everybody puts in to try to bring that level of immersion to a
1: game. Yeah, and that's really what it is—is is it's effort. You know, it's it's if you show up to a beer league softball game and you're the only guy not wearing a jersey, you stand out. Yeah. Because you don't care to wear a jersey. And there's there's even softball. is like, it, I played it for years. You have to wear all the same color or all yeah. the same jerseys if you're going to play in a softball tournament. Yeah. That's just the rules. I'm sure there's there's small tournaments that don't care. There's fun tournaments that don't care. But if you're playing in an SPN tournament, yes, I air-quoted and you can't see it because of my background, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> SPN... It says you all have to wear matching jerseys, and you can't have the same numbers. It's just a standard. So when I see people raging about why do I have to have painted to show up a tournament, because it's a tournament. That's literally it, because you're showing your opponent's respect. You're saying, hey, I'm bringing something that I've spent time on that is important to me. Um, Back in the worst days of 5th and 6th edition, yes, I remember the brief blip that was 6th. Everybody was hardcore meta chasing, and gray plastic was the norm. I genuinely believe is my hot take for the day, just for your podcast, Bill. That adding ten points for painting was the greatest thing that Games Workshop could have ever done to their game.
0: Absolutely, I I fully agree with that statement. It's three color minimum uh, isn't hard. Like the battle ready standard also isn't hard to achieve. Uh, it, it's it's just it's that that bare minimum to come i know a lot of the events we have uh we we really do enforce the the battle ready 10 point painted and you're not required to paint it is preferred uh just because you know you don't want to get into the whole gatekeeping thing and not that i think it's gatekeeping having painting requirements i just we want to open up to as many players as we can but i've lost games because my army's not fully painted and i'm like that burns like if I just put that little extra in and I actually was painted, like I would have won. That's, you know what? I'm going to paint my stuff,
1: right? Like it's it's, just a little bit of motivation, right? Yeah. And it, it genuinely does not take the amount of time that people think it does. And I, there's always edge cases and there's always people who can or can't. Um, I think it's, I think it's named, what is their name? I think, I think it's mango smasher out of the UK. Um, they actually paint stuff for free for friends and people because they can't paint. Um, at least they used to, I'm not sure what they're doing right now because oh, wow. it, their Instagram has been kind of all over the place. Um, but I love watching their follow-up. I love watching their stuff. Um, but again, it's, it's, you can find somebody who's like, yeah, I can, I, you know, buy me lunch and I'll, I'll slap chop your army for you in, in an afternoon. Yeah. That's not bad, right? No, absolutely not. The, the, the concept of it has to be perfect before I can, before I can put it on the table. I don't get it. Like you said, it's, it's finished, not perfect. No, yeah. my Eldar army is not finished, but it, I still do well in painting for scored painting. But it's not finished.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like um, always, having like that influx of new players jumping in to come down play local, uh, they're always like, "Oh yeah, I want to start painting, do my thing." I'm like, just you know what? The only advice I can give you is just start painting, keep going, because once you're three, four, five squads in, you're gonna look back at your first gun and be like, "Ugh, I want to repaint that." Just don't just finish off your army. You'll learn a lot along the way. And then if you want to get done, it's finished. At least you can go back to the beginning, touch up or strip and repaint. And that's just that you'll keep evolving all the time, but keep that first squad you did, because that's, that's a reminder. That's your snapshot in time of where you were at that moment. And you can actually see, you can see the progression. And I've seen guys, you know, Hey, it's been a year. got my army painted. I'm like, dude, look at you go. Like, uh, one of our friends, Brian, um, he recently kind of got back in we were chatting i met him through work we were chatting about the hobby he jumped in started painting and now he's he's on a roll like he's painted more than i have in the last little while he's gone back to his early models stripped down repainted like he's just phenomenally like just getting so much better and it's awesome to see the progress like i just i love watching people flourish when they're applying time and energy and effort into
1: it it's just the best Well, Nick just did that. Nick just went back and decided to go with a new paint scheme for his Tau that has evolved over the years. Um, He's changed the basing, so now they're all sort of a beach-themed. Oh, cool. Um, He's redone his whites, he's got a different orange, so it has kind of a play-on-ish sort of colors. But his technique his skill level his ability just over the years and not even he's not even a hardcore hobbyist in that sense but going back and going i'd like to redo my crisis suits they look amazing and and i told him i said you know that white is so much smoother because white's a real nightmare if it you've is. tried to especially if you start with a white the secret to white don't use white don't use but white. yeah he is he is so much smoother cleaner they look better and the other stuff look great but this looks even better. It's just that little bit. And it's just maturing as an artist is what it is because it is an art. I mean, it's a hobby and it's an art and it's a social gathering and it's, it's a pretty amazing hobby and you can have beverages if you choose to while you're playing. Absolutely. The, the <laughs> nice part
0: about our local is uh, every Thursday we have like our Trident community game nights. It's hosted at um, a local fraternity of the Eagles club. And they actually have a bar there, so we can partake. Oh, okay. We can have you know a couple of pops while we're playing. Have some uh, you know have some uh, little pub food. Little uh, dry, the dry ribs is what we would go for. And then yeah, uh, you know you're just chatting, having the game, just shooting the shit while you're playing. It, it's just it's such a nice atmosphere. And then once you get all the hobbyists together at the end of the night, games are done. Everyone's chatting. It's I just I love having the social circle. Yeah. and that's that's the biggest thing. Like we, we welcome pretty much everybody to come and play. And my that's my only advice is to anyone jumping in is don't be afraid to jump into a new local. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because a lot of the groups are very welcoming. And uh, ask questions about painting because everyone just wants to share their experience and help everybody. Like I don't think anyone was like, no, I'm not going to tell you my secrets. It's everyone wants to yeah. share their stuff because if I can give you one little point of advice and you're like, dude, that gold you told me about looks so good. I'm like, oh, awesome. Like that's I, I don't know. That's kind of where I I get my jollies from the gaming, right? Like it's just the experience of the games having a debrief about what your game was like and then talking hobby hacks, painting tips, everything else. It's just to me that's just the best.
1: And then and then you know talking about um Units that maybe aren't the best. How do we make those work? How can they work in a narrative? How can they work in a competitive? Yeah. And then what is the most cutthroat? This and there's so many fun ways to to hobby and to 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 enjoy this hobby. That those social meetings, those those sit downs, whether it's ten people, a thousand people, that's the best part about tournaments. That that's the most fun is sitting in a room with like minded individuals. There's been a few events where I've literally just sat back and looked around the room and thought, you know what? I don't know what anybody's personal leanings are about politics, religion, activism. Don't care. We're all Warhammer forty thousand players, and we're yeah. all sharing hobby tips and you know it, and and tournament tips and f- yeah, quick playing tips and sportsmanship tips and and things that that we've found over the years and it just it brings a community together unlike a lot of other hobbies which tend to be a little solo
0: yeah. Yeah, no, so really that's does. the best
1: advice too. Don't paint in a vacuum. Post your stuff, share it. Yeah, send it to a buddy. Hey, what do you think of this? You know, and be be open to their feedback because yeah. they might see something you don't. Yeah, it's such a cool hobby. I love it. Absolutely, I'm an old man, <laughs> and I love it.
0: <laughs> it's 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 been good. How how long have you been in the hobby for? Oh, Rogue trader. Oh, okay, okay. So a little bit before me, I, I jumped in in second as a young young lad, and uh, it's. I've never looked back. It's it's honestly been one of the best decisions I think I've ever made. And I think it's actually contributed to the circle of friends that I still have. A lot of people that I, I still talk with and we frequently uh, chat. Don't game as often as I'd like, but I've known these guys since like junior high, elementary, yeah. some of them. And it's awesome because you go to different schools, you have different walks of life, but we were always meeting up on Saturday, having our games, right? Hung over or not, going to the bar. You know, guys rolling in with his club clothes. He's got a stamp on his hand, and you're like, Oh man, he hung over, but he's like, Yeah, let's do this. Let's throw it down. And you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> like it's just the best that's times, the
1: best. right? Well, second and third was kind of when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I guess. So that's that's the time that I found um dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and ooh, um this is more fun <laughs> right now Absolutely, anyway yeah um so that was sort of my brief respite from the hobby but still kept all my stuff of course right and then it was like th- i guess fourth that i kind of came back uh fourth and then of course fifth was huge yeah. for the game and then sixth and seventh were meh and then eighth was oh okay this is cool and the ninth was amazing, and I think tenth is the best version of the game that they have ever put out, period. Tenth I feels really no good. Better.
0: It really does. It does.
1: Yeah. And that's why I'm super excited for GameCon 2024. Um, because we did 2023, we did the end of ninth. So it was actually hard to keep track of some of the rules in my Absolutely. Head. because I'm like, okay, no, wait a minute, that doesn't work like yeah, it does work like that. Yeah, yeah, you're good. That's yeah. how combat works. You're good. Um, but it's it's 10th, oh, it's just such a, it's a way more intuitive rule set yeah. than 9th was in a lot of ways. And they've taken a lot of shenanigans out, and they're really quick to change some of the more broken combinations.
0: Which is great. Um,
1: I, like, Necrons I today perfect. just
0: got nerfed. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I saw. I know there's, um, we're hosting our uh, weekend tournament. Uh, it's our LVO Can't Go uh, kind of for like event prep, and we're we're not using it because we had rules and list cutoffs and everything uh, set for the fifth. Yeah. And then I know we've been reading the forums explode where they're using it, and then I'm like, but well, they have it in their packs, guys. It's very clearly stated. Anything after the 11th won't be used, and it's the 10th, so it's okay, right? Like,
1: yeah, get exactly. That.
0: It's just yeah, it's. But that's the nice thing is is they've. I don't think we've ever had the support that we have right now. In, in the games. I agree. And it's just it's really nice to see them uh, kind of breaking up those wombo combos and it feels more of a general ship game to me and obviously based on the dice gods and what cards you're pulling unless you're going fixed uh, but it, it feels more it's on the general onus of how you're playing, how you're strategizing and watching some of these guys at the really high levels play. Just you're like, whoa, man, that's that's next level for me. But it's just cool to watch their minds work, right, as they're playing. So it's just, it's it's been an awesome journey already.
1: Yeah, yeah. a big part of that, I think, is the the standardized terrain layouts that Games Workshop uses at their events that yeah. everybody has quickly adopted. Um, that gives you the ability to implement the changes as intended. Yeah, um, and that's that's a big big part of it. I mean, you've you've run tournaments for years. I've run tournaments for years. Terrain is always. Rule number, okay, what are we doing for terrain? Do yeah. we have enough? Have we got enough? How are we playing this? How are we playing that? Yeah. And oftentimes we'll say to players, you know, figure out what makes sense. But if one player has more experience than another player, they may not see what that player is seeing. And they may take advantage of that. No. So with the 10th edition rule set and Leviathan games, the GT games, the, the, the terrain is very simple. It's yeah. very straightforward. It doesn't necessarily matter what you put on it. Each piece does a specific thing, and it's the base plate that matters more than anything else. Yeah. So i it it has made it's made some units viable, and it's made some units incredibly powerful. Looking at you, my ten blocker wraith guard. Um, they are arguably the best infantry in the game because of the terrain. That said, it doesn't make them broken. They don't have clear lines of sight. You no. can't just shoot from one board edge to another. Um and you have to be able to get up, take objectives, and engage with the enemy. So it forces a kind of list building that is almost almost mandates a take all comers list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had And it, it really changes it.
0: No, it's true. I had a bunch of people ask, like, you know, is it more shooty? Is it more combat? And I was like, I don't know. Like for me it feels maybe like fifty five forty five, like leaning towards shooting, but with the way the terrain setups are, it's not lines everywhere. Like everyone's busting out laser, the laser lines, right. Trying to find angles and stuff. And it's like, this is awesome. It's very hard, like to really get a good bead on. And I think that's a better way to play. It makes it feel a very, very balanced, right. When you're having these games. so
1: Yeah. The, the change to the fly keyword where at first it was incredibly awkward to work with. When you look at the terrain layouts, it makes it so that fly is important, but it's not an automatic win. Yeah you still need to be able to maneuver running through a building can actually get you to a place faster than an aircraft flying around a corner yeah. or going up and over. Um, and that's, that's important because it, it means that your foot lists can survive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the game itself, balance wise, design wise, I think they've done a really good job. Yeah. Let's just hope they keep it up. Yeah.
0: Well, like, as is, I think we're what, uh, five and what a half months in so far. Yeah. Something like that. With yeah. That, it, what do we,
1: April last year,
0: August? yeah, I think I think around yeah, somewhere in the summer. But it, the future looks bright. Like if this is just the beginning, obviously we got a whack of Codex releases and everything to come. And I'm I'm blown away. It's, I think it's yeah, the support's been phenomenal. Uh, the nice thing too, and, and one thing to really uh, make mention is uh, don't forget to peek at that rules commentary uh, document. It's 18 pages. It's gonna feel dry as hell. But honestly, like there's so many little nuanced things that they address. You're just like, oh, I'm going to do this. Actually, you can't do that. They do talk about that in that rules commentary. Well, who reads that? I'm like we have, and uh, that's a big shout <laughs> out to our buddy Scott because he's really pushed that.
1: He's like, it's in the rules commentary, guys. And we're like, oh shit, really? Like <laughs> Scott, Scott's a smart man.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I I've read that document. I've read uh, as part of my role. I when we do get codexes, I read them. I go through. I try to figure out how things work, how they interact. And when we're at the table, um, oftentimes we're very time-pressed when we get a new release coming and then we're trying to hit that embargo date so that we can release it day of yeah. and really take advantage of the the marketing machine that is Games Workshop. Absolutely. I mean, why wouldn't you? It, it, it's huge and it helps us and it helps them. Um, but I spent a lot of time reading and researching and trying to understand and going back to that rules doc and back to that commentary and I still miss stuff. Yeah. Um and it it's so easy to do because it is still a complex game. It is. It's not like combat patrol, easy. Yeah. Um and it's it's kinda checkers, whereas forty K is sort of chess. It is. It's like checkers with attitude, maybe, for Combat Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great way to start the game. Because it teaches you the fundamentals and the basics.
0: Absolutely. It, it's it definitely feels uh, simplified, but not, not simple. Like it's, I have hey, heard that somewhere, as, right? Yeah. It's as deep <laughs> as you go though. Like I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it seems too easy. It's like, that's for kids. I don't know, man. Like, you know, I I'm, I'm a grown man and there's still things I'm like, Oh shit, this is, there's some in depth, like as deep as you want to go, you can really flex your brain and get that tactical, um, that tactical kind of satisfaction from it. And I, I love that about, Tenth it's just been great for that.
1: Yeah, and I, I love that about the competitive aspect of, of 10th edition as well. Is that you're capable of of finding combinations and doing things. You both have the expectation that we're going to smash each other. Yeah. And that's what competitive is, typically. <laughs> I mean it's the hobby's still important, sportsmanship's still important, but the social contract of we're just trying to to win this game as quickly as we possibly can so that we can rest for the next game. It's yeah. a different mindset for a lot of players. And finding those I mean, the Necron combination was pretty obviously broken. That was just an unintended wording, and, and, and if you, I'm sorry if you based your entire hobby life on that, but you had to know it was coming.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, spamming Wraithguard with pistol, and always fight, and bring one back. If you, if you bought a bunch of Wraithguard, I don't have a ton of pity. Oh, because, yeah. dudes, <laughs> this has happened before. Yeah, Whoops, we screwed up. We're going to fix it. Like, yeah. literally, the entire Votan army whoops, that was the response.
0: Yeah, what? I remember that before even anything happened. But that's when, you know, it was like, oh, in Germany, no Votan for tournaments. And you're like, what the hell? It was just. But again, they're so quick to fix stuff. That's they that's are. where I, I got to give it to them. And like myself coming off of like 10 years of playing Horus Heresy, where you're, where you're we're so deprived of having like an FAQ or ratas and stuff like that, where you're waiting three, four, five years to see the way GW plays and really caters to 40k and I really do think it's because of the competitive scene Um, because you get to see we've talked about the slots I know people are probably rolling their eyes because they know where it's gonna go but without the competitive play you never know where that ceiling is yeah. of, this is how crazy shit can get this is max but if you never get to that point like you'll never know and it's at that level they're like "Whoa, well, okay you know what that combo that wombo combo is not supposed to be there we need to fix that but unless you take it to that point you'll never know and but i you think have to,
1: you have to break it in order to fix it
0: you do and yep. gw's like oh we're gonna fix that and like you see the death stars you can still build them but they're slowly taking that apart where it's not that crazy death star list just rolling into your army and killing everything like it's not that bad anymore it's just i know yeah. 40k gets a bad rap people like oh it's just so toxic and this and that. but like they're thinking about the flying circus back in seventh where it was like a two re rollable army that just rolled in and fucked them up and you know what it's not like bark that bark anymore star. guys
1: yeah. bark bark star what a ridiculous army yeah. concept it's it's
0: not like that anymore i promise like check 40k yeah. out because you will not be disappointed
1: and you're always going to have people who are going to be angry about it and they are going to be frustrated about it and are going it, to... It's just the nature of people. I think I think one-third of the hobby is probably complaining, to be <laughs> honest. Like, if you look at the amount of stuff that goes on at farms, and I, I've, I've so moved far beyond that that I, I just... It doesn't even register anymore. Every once in a while, I'll be like... Have you, have you thought about this? Say that to yourself in a mirror and see how it sounds coming back to you. No. Because maybe you're not looking at this right. And I get it. I've had stuff nerfed and I've been frustrated. No. Uh, I mean, I complained about all sorts of stuff in my years as a hobbyist. But what it really comes down to is, okay, this is the way the rule is and can I make this work? That's why I've played Drukari forever. They've, they've never been a good army. They've had blips. And even when they were breaking people's spirits... I still didn't play that stuff. I wouldn't play the ridiculously broken stuff on purpose because yeah. I don't think that's fun to play against. Yeah. Do you want to win? Do you want to win with something that is, is unkillable or do you want to win with something that is an eminently killable but you outplay your opponent? Yeah. What's more fun?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's for me, it's the latter. Like I actually bought my Jukari army right at the height of ninth. Everything I was like, I've been wanting to play him since third. I'm going to jump in. They're too crazy. They're getting nerfed. They're still too crazy. I'm like, I don't want to be the bandwagon guy. I'm going to hold off. I ended up jumping in with them right at the tail end of ninth. I had two games of ninth. 10th edition came out. And they're like, I ended up, I built like 30 witches. And I'm like, oh, witches are really bad. Um, so I leaned. Combat is bad and
1: witches are worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, I
0: leaned into Codex uh, Dark Lance and uh, self proclaimed Dark Lance Daddy because I've been really trying to get, you know, reps in with Jukari, and it, it's been a hard learning curve to learn a new system with an army that's very glass cannon. Uh, but after, you know, playing for three months, I got it down to a point where, yeah, it, it can be a lot of shooting. It can be very hard to deal with. I would love for the, the Witches and Incubi and a lot of the other units, not just having, you know, Calibite Warriors, Ravager, Scourge in my army. Um, once those other units get a little bit of love, I'll definitely bring them in because I've got oodles of models just sitting there it's just you know you still want to bring a little bit of heat to the table so you can feel like you're competing uh and then once i had the marine stuff drop out i was like okay you know what i know the game i know how to play my jukari now i want to actually concentrate on marines and i think it actually made me a better player starting with jukari because you poke out and you make a mistake you're dead Marines yeah, I poke they out. They are absolutely punishing. I'm not yeah. I'm not dead. I I only no. lost half my squad. I'm like, oh shit, this is really
1: sweet, pretty robust. T four and three up is great. T four, two wounds, three up. Easy mode, baby. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's
0: it's night and day. The only only gripe <laughs> I have is uh it is night and day based on speed. My space marines feel so slow. I'm like, oh I engage in all fronts, investigate, I can do this. And I'm like with Marines, I'm like Pff. I just blew the load. All my stuff dropped already. I'm pretty much fucked. I can't score that. Right? it's just, there's no way. So
1: it's. Uh, Unless you go Vanguard or Stormstrike. Vanguard. And the even way, then man. it's like, okay, now I got to lean into this. No. Um, Steve and I just played a game on channel and it was, I believe, what was ironic. I think I had my Jukari and he had his White Scars. And I ran a, a bit of a silly Jukari list. I, I, I played Jukari for a very long time, and I'm a pretty good Jukari player. And it's, it's I think I've only ever, on our channel, lost a single Jukari game Ooh. with an artificially imposed time limit that we were trying out. It was early, like Season 1, and I was playing Jim Vessel, and it was the end of 8th edition. I believe it was end of 8th edition. And we timed out on Turn 4. Um, to be fair, had we not, I table him. He knows it. I know it, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're showing what we can do in the time frame that we have. Yeah. That's when we were filming in the back of a game store. We didn't have the time we have now. Things were a lot different. But that's the only game I've lost with them on channel. So I, I have a reputation of being a very good Jukari player. I took purposely non-optimal units just for funsies. And the dice told a story that day, and that was Steve couldn't make charges. What do you do,
0: right? That's how it goes sometimes he makes
1: charges he he actually wounds with his chain fists and suddenly it's a completely different game yeah. i mean anti vehicle 4 up and he puts two wounds on a tantalus with a squad of terminators what do you do right yeah. it's going to be so, going to be sad times that's the fun part that's the fun part about it um and that's sort of those those sad times we're we're hoping to mitigate those at gamecon we don't we don't want you to feel like you're getting crushed yeah. we want you to feel like every game is important That there are specific achievements and secondaries. And talk a lot about horse heresy. I really love the achievement concept in horse heresy. This is, for for those of you who don't know, you can play in a competitive horse heresy event and you can choose what your secondaries are going to be and how you win the game. And it's all about, do I make X number of charges, kill this number of units, go this far, take these objectives? These are secondaries that I get to choose that I want to try to do. And if I can do those, then I'll win the game. I can get tabled, then I can still win the game. And I love that concept, and I'm hoping that we can integrate some of those into the GameCon experience. So that even if you're getting absolutely stomped, you're getting wiped off the table, but you've held these two objectives, you've managed to kill out a character, you've managed to take this table quarter, you've managed to hold this for a certain amount of time, you're still racking up points that will aid the overall war effort. And that's the goal, is that every table that you're playing at has some kind of control over how the narrative is going to progress
0: well that's awesome and that's i think that's kind of the appeal with narrative as well even if you start to see it kind of shifting one way early well it's the narrative man you can always just jam your hand in there as to stir it up and next thing you know it's kind of bouncing out i did uh something oh, similar we have some
1: ideas oh, we I have bet. some things i can imagine <laughs> wow. i can't tell you because i'm so excited nick and i were chatting about it the other day and it's like oh that's such a cool idea So we're going to do something that you may or may not see coming. However, because it's about fun and because it's about telling a story and because it's about creating this, this experience, honestly, it doesn't really matter if you win or lose. What matters is that you're enjoying the game you're playing. That's Mm -hmm. all we care
0: about. And that's, that's awesome. I, I, I think just from hearing this, I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of a, a show gets put on and like how the overall event kicks off. I, I've, I've just, yeah, I, I've hosted enough events. It's nice to kind of see it go back and forth and you, you want it to be kind of that, that constant grind all the way to the end where you finally see, Hey, you know, like this side squeak just ahead. And it was a blast the whole way um, with uh, iron without uh, one of the narrative uh, horse heresy events I ran last year. I ended up using the Planetary Empire uh, tile set. And the way I did it is because you can't always guarantee people are going to play, you know, towards the narrative. Uh, So what I had was like an inner ring and an outer ring of territories. And if you wanted to play a little bit harder games, you deployed in the inner ring. So those traders would deploy first and then the loyalists could actually deploy against who they wanted to. So you're fighting like legions on legions or mechanic and bruce's whatever. And then on the outer ring, it was a little bit more just beer and pretzel style game to so try and appeal to both sides because you'll never yeah. quite get the comp out. Um, but it was it was really cool, and as we were playing through, it was five rounds. But, you know, round one, traders just crushed, round two, a loyalist crush. And we also made the missions very back and forth, but it was right to the end, and I think the traders ended up taking it by only by like handful of points. I want to say between like 10 or 12 victory points across the whole event like weekend. It was Which, it was amazing.
1: That's success, right? That yeah. I think that's how we would measure success. Is that it's that close and everybody's engaged. Yeah. Um, we did very similar uh, Mini Wargaming. Uh, Matt from Mini Wargaming set us a bunch of the tiles um, that they did, sort of Planetary Empire-style tiles. We set up an entire city in Calgary at the GameCon 23. Um, we had a lot of help. Uh, Michael Buckthorpe was there. Thomas Cruikshank from Calgary was there. Um, these guys were, were helping us run the event, and we're going to have more people helping us this time. I'm not sure if Michael's coming. I know Tanya, the War Mistress, is going to be there with us. Oh, awesome. Um, so we're going to have uh, a lot of, hopefully, even more. Not sure 100% yet, because... Logistics are always fun, um, but we want to have more people that you you know from our channel and from other places helping out as well. Um, but we had this planetary empire's map, and we had five different sections. So there were rows of five tables, and each of those areas was named after a play on member.
0: So Ooh. you had
1: the um, the exploding plains of Niklas. You had the chaos wastes of uh, the to the Taikoima. Chaos Wastes, right? So we had the, the attack mechanicum. Like, they were all different, and, and we did the same thing. So, all right, so you're the attacker-defender. Attackers and defenders, defenders, go pick what table you're on, and then attackers decide who you're going to play. Perfect. So yeah. the uh, concept was that if I have a Smash Mouth list, and you have a Smash Mouth list, we should probably play each other. Yeah. It's not about winning. It's about how the war zone translates. And then each mission for each war zone was different. You never played in the same war zone twice, which was a little difficult, but we managed. So you never played the same war zone twice. Each war zone, each table, row of tables had its own missions, and the only mission that everybody played the same was the last one. Which the funny part is, we got the most—I wouldn't call it negative feedback, but maybe frustration feedback on the way that mission worked. It's the only one that I lifted from Games Workshop. <laughs> It was one of, one of their narrative campaigns, which is a cool mission. Um, in retrospect, we probably should have given people more of a heads up on it. But again, these are things that we've learned. Mm-hmm. And working with um, uh, Zach Rockner, I've talked to him a few times. He's the North American, I don't think he's play manager. He's the he's the guy who does all of the uh, narrative events uh, for Games Workshop. Oh, okay. um, and then, of course, we, could, we can probably pull in Mike Brandt as well if we need questions or what have you. Um, but these are the guys who are the North American guys for GW and asked them for their assistance and, and questions that they have and how they ran it. And I know people who attended the grand narrative. I wasn't able to this year, um, but I'm going to get help from them as well. Uh, my boy, Nick and others um, and just how they ran it and how it was from a player perspective and how it was from an organizer perspective. So we're putting a ton of time and effort into making sure that this event becomes a premier event it becomes something that people want to want to fly to yeah. you know because that's, that's awesome. that that's the most fun
0: oh absolutely it, it sounds it sounds like you guys are gonna make quite the impact and that just that just gives me so much excitement and ambition to make the train look the best it can and provide like the best i can for for that setup i i'm I'm super pumped just to be partaking in it in any capacity to be honest with you it's just uh, starting from you know lowly gamer playing in my you know garage or in the kitchen with Kleenex boxes back in the early days to like hosting events and being able to partake and kind of share it with the community and watch it grow to this level It's just uh, it's amazing. So I'm I'm super stoked to, and privileged well, to be able to jump in.
1: We're super happy that you're on board. We're happy that Red Claw's on board. We're we're happy to have as much support as we can. It it really makes us feel good about what we do um because our goal is really to put as much positivity into the warhammer play space as we can and to see it coming back to us like this it it makes all those insane editing hours and late night hours trying to figure out a mistake we made and, and how do we edit this and how do we write that and how do we do this and how do we play that and the mad painting sessions and all the stuff that we do to present this incredibly polished looking image. I mean, sometimes I wish we would turn the cameras around so you can see what we all look like at the end of a shoot. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I've, I've been there myself uh, in the earliest days. Uh, we used to do battle reports and what you see on a screen, uh, be it a 40 minute bat rep or be it an hour and a half bat rep, probably translate to closer to like a 14 hour a day. And that's not even, like, all the editing that you do. And I, I've, I've been there. I remember it kind of like, all right, we're done. And just looking at the guys that's been filming for 12 hours, and you're like, oh, just you're done. You know, you just totally yeah. spent. So I could definitely appreciate that. And uh, you know what? That might be something kind of cool. Have, like, a blooper reel of, like, we just finished filming back-to-back episodes, and look at this. Everyone's got their soul drained out of them because it's just grueling work, right?
1: It, uh, it can be absolutely, um, not soul crushing, uh, but soul shattering because you just feel scattered by the end of it. Um, and then, then you get the next release and somebody says, oh, Hey, by the way, we'd love you if you could get this out in a week and a half. And we're like, sure, we can sleep when we're dead. Like, I don't know how, like we've got, we've got an amazing crew. I mean, Ben, uh, Jesse, Tycho, Tack, um, uh, Owen, Mubin, myself, Tycho, Nick, Stephen. Um, these guys are uh, Brent. Who else am I missing? I see. I the mind boggling for me is I just had to try to make sure I remembered everybody. Where it used to be like four of us or five of us. We have staff. We have a, a studio. We have we have bills, dude. Like it's like what have we done? And we've created this thing just because we wanted to. We wanted to inspire people to play. And now we bust ourselves ragged and we work our butts off and we present it in such a way as to make it to inspire people to play still and five years on and we're still going and we love it
0: well oh, that's well it's a, it's a labor of love for you guys
1: and I, I will lose all the sleep in the world if i can share my joy of this game with just one or two people um because if somebody i, I genuinely love it and every member of the team loves it when someone comes up and says hey i love what you do Because that's validation. I mean, it's great if you support us on Patreon. It's great if you support us on YouTube. We love that. That helps. That grows the channel. That keeps the lights on. That pays for our editors. That that pays salaries. That's wonderful. It's just as important to hear the feedback in person. Because it makes us... It validates what we do. Because we are you know we're by the time we're done like there's a new release coming out i'm sure you've heard of it it was released on christmas day and i'm sure we'll be doing something with it i'm not entirely sure what's happening but i'm sure we'll have stuff releasing around that um but that to, to the amount of effort it takes to go into something like that yeah is incredibly difficult i i can imagine but it's worth it when somebody says hey i love when you did that we're like thanks yeah
0: makes it real and that's that it's it's very, very inspiring to hear you talk about, you know, we've got staff, we've got everything that that's growth, man. That's, that's growth. And that, that equals, that just shows the success of what you guys are doing. And it just, it shows how powerful the hobby community actually is when they can all And the positivity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The positivity of, of showing the hobby in its best possible light. Um, That's the goal because there's, there's a lot of negativity in the world in general. You know, no, there, there
0: is, there really is, and I'll people be honest. to thrive on it. <laughs> well, it, it's infectious. That's the problem.
1: Um, oh yeah,
0: the the nice thing and why I like this hobby so much is like I play this to escape that bullshit, right? Like I don't, yeah, I don't want yeah. real world coming into my hobby. I just want to keep the bubble here and enjoy. This is what it's about. And like you said, like I don't want to hear. You know who you vote for what your thoughts are on this and that I just want to know like hey what's your army what do you like about it and you know how's the game blah 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 what could I have done better in the game did I play it well like that's what I want to focus on is that uh, that actual that in-game. expectation yeah. that
1: that unspoken social contract yeah. that exists at, at tournaments especially and, and competitive and narrative events there's this is a space where we are talking about Warhammer yeah. that's it. This, we're not it's not really a space for anything else no. um, because this is a celebration of this hobby and and that's the joy um, all that other stuff is still going to be there tomorrow yeah all the negative ads all the clickbait all the this and that and it's all going to be there tomorrow and but today i'm in a room full of 150 or 350 or a thousand nerds just like me yeah you everyone's know, just it, rolling it, dice it if i could go back in time and tell 12 year old me who was you know or 11 year old me making dnd characters by himself in the basement that keep going kid because one day this is where you're going to be i i get almost choked up thinking about that like yeah. like if i could tell that kid just keep going don't let anybody sway you from this because this is this is okay that i wish that we had that i wish that i had that and i i i go out of my way when i'm at events when i'm talking to fans especially younger fans to make sure that hey man if this was my son how would i treat him how would i want somebody he looks up to to be treated
0: yeah to make
1: sure that they feel that they're important because they are because that's the future of our hobby
0: well that's just if you don't have new blood coming in the hobby dies
1: yeah, the, the concept to. of gatekeeping and you this and that, blah, and all the crap that you see, because it just gets, it gets, it gets hate and it, and it gets internet cred. What's that going to buy you? That and a dollar will get you a loaf of bread. Like, that's about it, man. Yeah. Like, it, it's nothing. Yeah. And it, it, it saddens me sometimes because I, I, I hate to think that there's a kid out there that we've said or done something that would make them put them off the hobby. And I would never want that. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, this is the greatest hobby I've ever been a part of. Pure and simple.
0: Yeah. No, I, I fully agree. It, it's, I feel very much
1: the same. It's just, this is going to be a great podcast. We're just agreeing with each other for the last hour. Well, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, you know what? It, it happens though, I like, love it. V- when you're on that vibe, man, it just kind of just works out well. It works out well. Like I, I'm, it's... I'm super stoked uh, to see how everything's going to just come together. Uh, for everyone listening, you know, definitely check out uh, Play on a Tabletop. We're gonna have all the links in the description. We're gonna have uh, the links to the uh, GamesCon, like actual site, if you want to get your tickets. I think they there's two different ones. There's like VIP tickets in general, from what I remember seeing yeah. on there.
1: I'm not sure if the VIPs are still available. I know they yeah. were selling out, but we haven't done a ton of advertising yet. I know TAC is in the process of working on some of those concepts and then we're still finalizing. Um, we need to work with, with uh, is it uh, David and Daniel yeah. um, and sort out exactly what we want to see and do with them as well. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, a pretty good idea what we want to do, but we're still sorting some things. Um, but we want to involve as many people as we can and still keep it logistically feasible. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um but I it's I mean I I remember jeez, I remember Red Claw Gaming from years ago. Yeah. Like way back in the in the 7th edition stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, they've been around for a, quite a long time. They're one of the uh one of the mainstay like hobby stores in the
1: city. Yeah, I, 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 I seem to recall that. I seem to remember at one time going through Edmonton years ago. And when I when I was not a an internet micro celebrity. <laughs> And uh, and stopping in and and seeing the place, but I think they've moved since then. They have uh,
0: their new location. Is it's it's off the chain. It is a fantastic setup. Yeah, it's great.
1: I wish we could have something like that in Vancouver. Rent is just too high, unfortunately.
0: It's yeah, it's kind of wild in BC right now.
1: Well, and that's one of the reasons why GameCon in Calgary and then GameCon in Edmonton. It's actually. I think we've done the numbers. If Even if we brought everything with us, it would probably still be cheaper to run it in Alberta than it would be to actually try to run it in BC. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, we've got the Wet Coast GT. It's not a GT. It's way bigger than a GT. But Wet Coast um, has been running for years and has been... I, th- I don't know if there's going to be an Old World presence, but there's Sigmar, there's Lord of the Rings, there used to be a huge X-Wing presence, War Machine, Warhammer, um, big, big event every roundabout Easter. But in order to make it economically viable, we have to run it on an Easter weekend. Yeah. We used to run it in the summer and it was great, but the cost to do so is astronomical. Yeah absolutely astronomical. And we watch as some of these rooms go empty for weekends and it makes you wonder where's the value. Yeah. Right. And it, it's, that's just the realities of running stuff in Vancouver. And Vancouver is such, and from a play on tabletop perspective, it's actually incredibly difficult. It's like the worst place to run a business like this <laughs> because we're geographically in the middle of nowhere. We're three hours North of Seattle, which is still way out of the way. Yeah. We're over the mountains from the rest of Canada. Um, it's actually really hard to get to us from anywhere else in North America. It's yeah. a long haul. You know, you look at, um, I mean, Mini Wargaming um, and scary has got his new place. Uh, and a lot of the guys back east just have a built-in population base.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's it's a real challenge. I mean, Edmonton is a lot farther north than Calgary, but you guys draw from a huge area and people are used to driving. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's the big difference. In Vancouver, if we get an inch of snow nobody goes it's over yeah it's oh dude it is so over i think but that's just what it is
0: it's the way well i think the island has like two sanding trucks in total and it's just yeah when it when it drops it's shut down yeah (laughs)
1: that's all they need that's all they need (laughs) yeah
0: awesome well no that that's excellent and i i very much appreciate you know taking up your time and hearing all about the uh narrative and i I really hope uh anyone listening if you were on the fence about coming to the event uh, i hope that this podcast has shed some light and inspired you to want to push your hobby skills get out there come come down to the event and meet the play on team and just enjoy yourself and have fun uh it's i i think it'll be one of the biggest for the year i think it'll be a massive massive event for us
1: I really hope so. I really hope that it is going to um, highlight all the best parts of the hobby. um, Building on the success of what we did last year uh, and with you guys on board, I don't know how we can not be successful because we're all on the same page as making this a destination to play, um, showing off the best parts of the hobby and, and primarily having fun. We've had some armies show up last year in Calgary that were absolutely mind blowing. Some of them were exactly what you would expect from a Warhammer army. Yeah. Some of them were completely three D printed. the the Oh my, the Gene Steeler army. Oh my gosh, that was just if you can find the pictures. Um, I think they exist to play on. I think they might exist in Game Con. He won the the favorite army as voted by everybody that was there. It was absolutely hilarious. It was the coolest army, but that's not something you would see at a traditional event. Um, And that's kind of what we're after. Not that you have to do that, but to to bring something fun and new and interesting, that's cool. And that's, that's what it's about. It's about showcasing the best parts of the hobby and inspiring people to play.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, that's Excellent. That's excellent. Well, yeah, thanks again for jumping on and thank you all for listening and uh, kicking in with us for our first episode to launch our Season 4. Definitely looking forward to putting out more content for you guys and we will catch you next episode. Catch you later. Did you plug the Patreon? We need to plug the Patreon.